Welcome to the Internet Advisor Podcast. I'm your host and producer, Foster Brown. Along with my co-host, Gary Baker, and our team of experts, we've been helping people like you since 1998 with your computer problems, introducing you to valuable resources, and promoting tech enterprise throughout Michigan. The Internet Advisor is a two-hour podcast recorded every week at the studios of historic WJR Radio in Detroit. Both hours of the show are available each week on this podcast and are streamed to our affiliates across the state of Michigan. We're also proud to be part of Detroit's newest and fastest-growing podcast network, PodcastDetroit.com. And now, here are your hosts with this week's Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor, your place for answers to your computer questions since 1998, with your co-hosts Gary Baker and Foster Brown and their team of tech experts. The door is always open at internetadvisor.net, on Facebook and through Twitter. But right now it's time to get you in touch with your helpful hosts on this week's edition of Internet Advisor. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. Hi, it's Foster Brown, your producer and co-host of the show. We've got a great one lined up for you today. We're going to be dealing with artificial intelligence and basketball. Believe me, you won't believe how we have been able to put those two things together. Patrick Anderson is going to be with us, and he's going to be talking about a supported intelligence solution they've got that provides smart brackets. Coming up. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. We are having all sorts of fun. More fun than a barrel barrel full of monkeys here as uh, we are making a connection, a brand new kind of connection with our show to uh, our co-host, Gary Baker, who finds himself in Florida. Right, Gary? I don't know if he can. Can he hear me? I hope he can hear me. Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. There you go. There. Okay. I'm teasing about the fact that you're down there suffering bravely. Uh, in the heat and the sunshine of Florida, but you're still part of a program here. You know, somebody has to be down here. We don't want the whole state to empty out when it gets <laughs> late down here. So. Especially this last week with the uh, very, very windy weather we had and then also the uh, cold temperatures today. It, uh, we're down in single digits last night in some places, and it's it's not much better right now. But we're delighted to have you with us, folks. What you're listening to is Gary Baker, my co-host, and uh, been here for 20 years now we've been doing this. He is in Florida, Fort Lauderdale. Am I right, Gary? That's correct. Yes, in uh, the Las Aulas uh, Marina and Las Olas Marina. And uh, I'm just uh, checking out their Wi-Fi and the boats. And I, I heard a, a good saying uh, last night as I was going down the street. Somebody said, you know, I spent most of my money on booze, babes, and boats. And the rest of it, I wasted. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, we, we're in that part part of your life. Yeah, now. That, that wasted part of your no, life. That no, we're just teasing. That said that, by the way, that was not me. No, okay, yeah. <laughs> good, you, of course, good. you are down there in business, and we're glad that you could I join am. us. Yes. Well, it's uh, it's going to be a busy day today as we uh, play with the technology here, and uh, we're doing this so that Gary can continue to be part of the program. Uh, we've got a, a kind of a neat program today. I thought of I was trying to think of how to uh, address the subject today because it has to do with artificial intelligence, 
We are going to be uh, talking with Patrick Anderson, who is coming in from Lansing, and will be with us in studio here in just a few moments to talk about um, a way in which they have used artificial intelligence at a company called Supported Intelligence in Lansing to create something called Smart Brackets. And we'll have to... we'll we'll. Grill him on what that's all about. So not the brackets that you hold things up with. We're talking about um, right. uh, sports. I couldn't brackets. help but think of you when I think of you tinkering around with brackets, and right? Wondering about <laughs> what's what's a smart because <laughs> there were some pictures of smart brackets that I found online yeah. as well. Yeah, this is yeah, the, and and my, and my bracket is already busted because uh, I had MSU going a lot farther than it did. But uh, yeah, well, that was with the Big Ten championship. Now the NCAA is coming up. We'll ask Patrick for a free trial for you, Gary, for next year. Yeah, thank you. Okay. <laughs> thank you. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Gary. Win. I won't win, but that's okay. I'll, I'll play with the best of them. Since you seem to understand this, what is a bracket, and, and how does that work? Well, uh, you know, we should let uh, Patrick explain it when he gets here, but I, I think a lot of our folks, um, in fact, people that I know that, that know very little about basketball, and it's basically you start with the, the – you know, the uh, different teams and you figure out, or at least you guess who's going to win every game and their brackets, because the winner moves on to the next bracket and then to the next bracket, to the next bracket until right. you get to the, to, you know, the eight and then the final four. And then uh, the last weekend, obviously the championship game, mm-hmm. but uh, you know, it's funny because, you know, for years I've said you, you really have to know very little about um, about basketball, college basketball, and you might stand a chance because very few times uh, do the people that you would or the, the uh, teams that you would expect actually win out. <laughs> yes, um, true. So, <laughs> or at least enough of them. Maybe you might pick the, the end winner, but you'll have a lot of misses along the way. Warren Buffett was so positive of that. Uh, I think was that just last year, or was that the year before, where he he said if somebody can win, you know, can guess every single win, um, that he would turn around and give him a billion dollars, and uh, his money was did, safe. Yeah. And, <laughs> his and, money and was. He must he must have been using Patrick's. Uh, um, technology in order to realize, yeah, nobody's going to get this all the way. But. It's interesting. It says here that given 64 teams and 63 games, there are 9.2 quintillion possible combinations in a single bracket. Oh, yo, yo. Well, and you would have expected that the highly favored uh, would win the first you know, two or sure. three or four rounds, right? And you saw some upsets this last week, so. Yep, yep. Well, unfortunately. Unfortunately, unfortunately our for MSU. Yeah, our Spartans did not do very, very yeah. well this and, last. And but as you pointed out, that's the Big Ten tournament, not the uh, the NCAA, so. Right, exactly. We've got the big, the March Madness, the Merry March Madness is going to be starting, uh, starting very soon. I think it's next is it next, next week? week? I think. Yeah, yeah I think so. next week. And as I, we said, the Patrick Anderson, who is with Supported Intelligence, is going to be stepping in to talk about Smart Brackets, which is the uh, software that they've developed to help people who uh, like to gather, as Gary said, kind of uh, making that little sports gamble around the water cooler in, the, <laughs> in their office. So if that's something that you have fun doing, 
Uh, stay tuned because Patrick Anderson will be here to tell us about that and how his software works. Very proud of it, by the way, developed here in the state of Michigan with students from Michigan State University and the University of Michigan collaborating together on that. We'll be back with Patrick Anderson in just a moment and Smart Brackets as we continue here with Gary Baker on the line with us from Florida, Fort Lauderdale, Ed Rudell and Foster Brown in studio on the Internet Advisor. Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor, Foster Brown, Ed Rudell in studio with you. And Gary Baker is also with us for the magic of uh, Skype. He is in Fort Lauderdale. And, uh, in the WJR Extended Studio. There we go. Oh, oh, I love that. You know, you're going to have some people trying to get into that studio. I can see, you know, maybe <laughs> Mitch Album and Frank yeah. and some of the other guys. You, Paul W. on his wanting to sit down there with you <laughs> in Fort Lauderdale and enjoy that wonderful yeah, sunshine. We uh, we have a lot of sunshine down here today. Well, somebody who's just joined us in studio here, and I'm delighted he's been able to make it through the uh, various security measures to come upstairs and be in our studios, is Patrick Anderson. He's the executive chairman for Supported Intelligence and also CEO of the Anderson Economic Group. And thank you so much for joining us, Patrick. Nice to get into the second most secure skyscraper in America <laughs> after the Trump Tower. It's got to be. It's got to be. Unfortunately <laughs> for us. Oh, my yeah, no, Lord. Nobody is wiretapping us. So. <laughs> no, no, certainly. We're very, very secure here. Well, Patrick, we want to jump right into this because we've been kind of giving a little preamble to it, talking about brackets. And uh, uh, brackets is that, and we have, matter of fact, if you go to internetadvisor.net online, uh, you can click in, and I've got an example of what a bracket looks like there um, from uh, supported intelligence, and it shows you how the names for the different uh, teams are in there and how they've been scratched out, et cetera, and that's how you make your way down to the final winners. Um, But explain something. There was a statistic that I mentioned here just before we went to a break about there was an article that had been about written about the um, smart brackets. It says is given 20, given 64 teams and 63 games, there are 9.2 quintillion possible combinations in a single bracket. That's right. It, it is truly amazing. There is an uncountable number of possible ways to put together 64 teams like that. And that's one of the reasons that Warren Buffett could offer a billion dollars. Yeah. If you got right. it right, because basically that's the safest bet in the world. You will not get it right. Uh, wow. However, you can beat your friends and coworkers, uh, and somebody's got to win your office pool. That's right. That's right. Now, let's talk about, I don't know, is it is Smart Brackets kind of frivolous in some ways, or is it uh, kind of a case study of how artificial intelligence works? It is uh, some very helpful artificial intelligence that makes March happier time for people <laughs> who are not died, you know, died in the wool. Got to got to spend all year doing doing their research and everything. If you're like me and a lot of people, and you really enjoy, I mean, I enjoy that tournament because every team's playing really hard. I mean, it's yes. way more yes. interesting to me than pro sports. Uh, but anyway, they're all playing their hearts out. And it's fun to think of, you know, try to put together a bracket, see if you can beat your friends or beat the president or whatever you want to do. Sure. Uh, and what we've done with uh, with Smart Bracket is use some really good high-end math and some artificial intelligence, if you want to call it that, to help you not play better basketball but actually 
have a better chance to beat your friends uh, <laughs> in, in your bracket. Because remember, you're not you're not playing basketball. You're playing your friends when so, you're in a bracket. This is- you know, that's a really good point, Patrick. Hey, you know, some of the, the teams aren't yet filled in because they're waiting for this weekend to, you know, the, the league championships around the country. Um, how I mean, you've got to be able to put this all together pretty darn quickly, eh? You're right. This is an intense time of year. This is the first time we've been able to make a mobile app. So actually, the mobile oh. app, we just got it approved from the Apple Store. We think we're going to get approved on Android devices as well. Last year was the first time we ever had it on the web. So uh, in the next, basically, in the next 48 hours, we need both of those all filled in. So we'll load in all the teams. Uh, and get them up and running. We've been running beta tests with last year's bracket. So actually, while I was waiting for the uh, high-tech full-body scan downstairs to, <laughs> to get, into the, get into the Fisher building, I, I was actually I actually created another bracket from for last year. I answered just a couple questions. I used the mobile app, and I got my whole bracket filled out for last year. Now, of course, that was last year. Uh, as of Selection Sunday, we'll be starting to load those up. And uh, by tomorrow night or by Monday, you should be able to, to go online, pay a dollar, and fill out a bracket that's, you know, more than likely to be, be one of the winners in your group. Not bad for a buck, huh? No, no. It's, it's terrific. I mean, I tell people, look, I would pay you a dollar to fill mine out for me. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah, go through the tedium of doing that. I mean, You're right. Like, you know, I, I just, I mean, I love watching the games. And I'm I'm gonna pull for you know my favorite teams. I'm gonna be pulling for Michigan, Michigan State, sure. so my t- my favorite teams. But am I gonna do research all year? No, I'm not. I'm just not going to. <laughs> <laughs> Who was the one that came up with the idea for the smart practice? Th- this is the pure brainchild of Neil Anderson, who is our lead developer, and we were doing important uh, artificial intelligence decision analytics type of applications for real businesses. And all of a sudden, he came up with this way to use it for the for the March Madness, and, and it was not part of our game plan. But you know, serendipity works that way. Yeah, it was done at a university campus. I think it's important, folks. By the way, you should understand this is Gary. This is a we love promoting Michigan products. This is a pure Michigan product, right? This is purely invented in Michigan. Uh, Neil's a U of M grad. Uh, I'm a, I'm a U of M grad. We're up in East Lansing. Michigan State is is one of actually Anderson Economic Group clients. I'm over there all the time. There are friends. I mean, all the people that are working on this essentially in Michigan. So the world beating technology right here in the Great Lakes State. So, uh, you know, as a novice, and I've never done a bracket, I'm a geek, so I don't do the... And you're a geek too, obviously, but I, I was never into sports. But when someone downloads this app, are we going to have every person's going to have the same answers or the same brackets, or does it change? Now we we have a button just for you. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, it is the one click button. Oh, okay. Like, this like, as long as you can put your finger on the little blue box, we can make a bracket. For you. <laughs> okay. And for the majority of the listeners, I mean, what we also do this thing, and again, it's optimized. For people like like basically who are not total sports fanatics, sure. And so we uh, the one I like to use is the three questions. First question is you know what what teams are popular in your in your area, mm-hmm. and then we ask you got some teams you think are overrated, got uh-huh. some teams you think are underrated. You don't even have to answer those; just answer something, and then we'll we'll customize it. And it literally it uses some very high end math. That was a lot of the, the. It was developed here in Michigan. It's subject to multiple patents. 
Uh, we're developing this out to use in, in real business applications, but we took this wow. little amusing detour to make something fun. Uh, and you, you come up with a bracket that has a pretty good chance of being in the top three. Would this be called data mining? It's not data mining. Or, or we, you, you create algorithms for data mining? Uh, well, you know, I, I'll take that back because one of the things we make use of is popularity. And as you're way off in the extended uh, WGR studio, you got to tell me the address of that, too, for when it gets cold. And maybe I want to stop there. <laughs> well, we'll do, Gary, you may need I'll to have tell, a move over. Put another chair yeah, there I'll for tell Frank Beckman, next interview. Got to be <laughs> there. Uh, but you do make use of what's popular because we're pointed out you're not playing basketball. You're playing your friends or coworkers. That's sure, who you need sure. to beat. None of you are going to get a perfect bracket. It's all about can you get a few more points than, than the folks next to you, uh, whoever you're playing with. And that's what we make use of. So in that case, we use some, you might call it data mining, but it's not that deep data mining. But your company, uh, the um, is it the Anderson Economic Group or that has done this or um, uh, supported intelligence? In this, is, this is a supported intelligence application. So this is the technology firm uh, that's located right here in Michigan. Gary, go ahead. You had a question? No, I was just uh, just going to mention to add that I think if we played it this week, you and I would have trouble picking the winner from last year. <laughs> Don't worry, we got an app for that. Just go on. <laughs> and, 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 uh, and actually, what happened last year is we we have some, and here's data mining with with the help of our friends from ES Panner or Yahoo, where you've got people who've submitted their brackets, and you have uh. over a million brackets that are known. And so we, we took one, the one-click bracket, you know, basically customized for your, for your co-host here. Yeah, for Ed, yeah. It's <laughs> Ed's special. <laughs> <laughs> and we ran Ed's that. special, there we go. <laughs> and it was in the 95th percentile all the way going into the semifinals. It was amazing wow. how, how good that was. Just by by using some of this uh, this high end decision analytics math, uh, and making use of the fact that people the popularity of these is not the same as the statistical likelihood of winning. Hey, Patrick Anderson is our guest here in studio. We're going to continue to talk about supported intelligence and smart brackets, uh, but go beyond that to talk about some of the other things that you folks are developing up there in Lansing. And matter of fact, you've spread out now around the world with a number of offices. Certainly outside of the state of Michigan, but this is pure Michigan, folks, and we're mighty proud of it. You're listening to the Internet Advisor. We've got guests all over the place. We've got Gary in Fort Lauderdale online with us, and Ed Rudell and myself in studio here, along with our guests as well. That is Patrick Anderson, who is the, <clears throat> pardon me, CEO of Anderson Economic Group and also the executive chairman of supported intelligence. Something I know that you're very proud of, I mentioned it before, is that this is a Michigan-based business. This is pure Michigan. It really is. And uh, we've uh, we've had essentially all the development of our products are done in Michigan. We had a guy working in Chicago once. Uh, and, and, you know, we have the little things that around here we've used uh, some of some of our other providers in Ann Arbor and, and in Lansing. So, uh, in Detroit, so it's it's definitely a Michigan-based technology company. I was impressed. This was done with students from MSU, U of M, and was it Wayne State as well? Yeah, and we've got people who've worked on this that have been from a number of different colleges that are that are around here. Most of them are graduates, but we actually have some people that were not graduates. We had we had a tiny bit of work from uh, uh, students at Cranbrook. 
high school as no well. No kidding. No kidding. Yeah, now they did they didn't do the coding for smart bracket. But. <laughs> so just out of curiosity, how long did it take from the conception of the idea to the delivery? Because I know some people say it's it's a bear to get an application approved through Apple. Yeah. So you must have thought of this six months ago, a well, year ago? The the uh the, the first time we did it uh was was two years ago. And we, we didn't have an app, and we didn't were thinking about doing an app. We just, could we could we do it at all? And actually, let me do it last year was the first time, because the first year we did it kind of just in our on our own computer at a bar. <laughs> we, <were> set, <laughs> we said, all right, you know, let's pick and see if we can do it. That's eloquent. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. sure. Uh, and then last year we said, we're doing it. I think it was just a month and a half beforehand, and, and Neil was saying, I think we could do that. And I said, how long? He said, we have to work every every day between now and then. And we'd have to spend some money. And he told me how much it was. And I said, do it. <laughs> we tried. We got it. We got it up. Uh, and then this year, uh, you know, we started a few months ago. And you're right that getting getting an app approved at the – it's you need to basically – through the Apple iStore and the Android Google, uh, the Google store there is, is quite a bear. So we just got approved. So I'm wow. feeling confident that we're going to be able to, to go online and get that at the at the App Store. No, basically, this is for a buck. A person can yeah can get for a, this. for a dollar. I mean, now, where do they where do they go to get that? Go to the Apple iStore, Store, the Google iPlayer. If actually, you can go right now to our website, which is smartbracket.io, not okay. .com, .io, and the first a hundred, first a thousand people who go there, on uh, and and sign up can actually get the web version for free. Ooh, and the web version doesn't give you all of the bells and whistles of it. But edit, you know, you it's going to be great for you. <laughs> I don't want to put out those high school students that develop the the app for the phone, though. So you know what I'm saying? <laughs> if you get the app, though, it's it's actually so cool. It's uh, the beta's on my phone now, and they're actually you do your bracket, and there's a little color coding. So if you wanna you wanna go customize it, and you're about to make a really really bad choice, <laughs> it'll show you it in red. <laughs> but if you like a kind of a beige or a light green, you know that's. Where you might want to customize it, and that's the fun of it. You, you know, I don't want to fill out sixty-three different games. Right. I just don't want to do it. I oh mean, no! You got Lord. fanatics out there; they want to do it. Actually, right now they're in there trying to figure out. What's <laughs> happen, hey, listen, I want to step back, Patrick, uh, for just a minute. Patrick Anderson with us uh, from Lansing, uh, where the, uh, the company's supported intelligence is based. Um, let's step back a minute and talk about what is artificial intelligence. I've dropped that term or AI. Other than the title of a movie that had some yeah. rather sinister moments, yeah, and I, I'm completely with you on what does this mean, and we've avoided this term. In fact, the term "supported intelligence," which is given to the company, came from well, we're not going to say we're artificial intelligence. What we really want to do is we want to take information and knowledge that people have. Mm. You know, people have it and they want to use it in their own lives and we want to help them do things that they can't do normally and make use of the knowledge they have. That's why we call it support intelligence. That's where I think the future of AI or what people call AI or artificial intelligence is because there's nothing artificial about this. There's nothing mm, disembodied. Okay. There's no robot. I mean, this is making use of information that you have but doing something with it that you can't possibly do because it's just too many calculations. You don't have a closet full of robot slaves that are uh, calculating. No, no, we don't. And and that's why, like, if you go and you go, it's, to, it's still at that bar. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. If you go, if you go and you get our app, and we'll ask if you know, do the three questions. That's my favorite. You know, what, what's what teams are overrated? 
what's popular in your area? Well, you know that. Sure, sure. Right? And that's a clue to the best way to fill out your bracket. And then if you tell us that, we're supporting your knowledge and we're doing calculations that you can't possibly do yeah. because they're so, you know, What did I see was like a nine... Qu- 9.2 quintillion yeah, calculations. Yeah, 9 quintillion and, possible brackets that and you could And they can draw. do that calculation in a matter of seconds. Well, it's not, it actually takes a while. And part of the, oh. part of the, um, the development of, of, of the support intelligence applications and the, what we call the rapid recursive decision engine there is how do you make questions like that solvable? Uh, and, and there are many, many decision problems such as optimizing networks, such as when do you replace machines, such as how do you set up traffic, such as what what advertising programs do you want, how do you do your inventory, that involve lots and lots of, of, of different conditions you can be mm-hmm. in, many, many decisions, and each decision you make can affect the future. This is wow. the field of, of decision analytics and decision modeling, and we have some breakthroughs that we're using for business applications there. We happen to be using them here for something that's just plain fun. It uh, there was a TV series that was out with a little boy who had the ability to um, numbers were very important. I'm trying to think of what it was. I just we just binged on the whole thing on Netflix a while back. But one of the premises of it was that it was possible, or they were trying in the series to come up with an algorithm that was so sophisticated that it could calculate every possibility. Is that the kind of call the holy grail to to push this technology to the place where you can take a certain set of uh, variables and just be able to crunch it down so you can make room for every potential? Part of what what the breakthrough here in the in the products that support intelligence puts together is that you you take you take problems that have what we call high dimensionality, lots of different things. And you yeah. squeeze that down to something that you can actually solve. And that's a lot of what goes on in the back room, so to speak. There's no robot there, but there's a lot of important math and decisions to make something, uh, make a decision problem into something you can ask a few questions, get mm-hmm. information, and then solve it. Right. It's the same way that the human mind works. We make decisions all the time. Yep. But when... But when you're starting to do 67 or 68 different brackets, you can only do one at a time. And the computers can do more than one at a time. But it's the same decision-making process. Mm. Actually, Ed's insight is really good there that the, the method that we use here mimics the way humans think, not the way humans think computers think. Because so, you're actually, <laughs> you can only make one or two decisions at one time. That's why multitasking tends to fail. Yes, <laughs> yes. right. My, as my wife has ref- right. <laughs> frequently reminded me, you know, and as we get so frustrated about in, in ordinary life now, because the the opportunity for people to be distracted is so high, sometimes to tragic results. Oh Lord, results. yes. But you can make decisions maybe one or two at a time, and and the method we have here gives you is harnessing that ability and just making the computer do a lot of the work for you. Yeah, what we're, we're getting close to running out of time and I'm, I would this fast conversation is fascinating for me what are some of the future applications you see for the kind of work that you're doing I'm glad you asked that because we just spent a whole lot of time filing a patent application which we got <laughs> ah. filed last week on Saturday which was the deadline of course. Uh-huh. <laughs> and and that has to do with network optimization you think about networks network can be traffic networks it also can be websites 
and things like that. So one of the things that we want to bring out is, and we now have a patent applied so we can start talking about it, is using the same kind of, of method not to pick the, the, the basketball winner or actually to beat your friends who are picking <laughs> basketball winners because nobody's picking the winner of all these, but to optimize websites, to improve the way that people market and the companies market so they're not wasting all this time sending you, you know, uh, ads that you're not interested in and instead ah. focusing on the customers that they want. It could actually mean less ads. Yeah, less yeah. ads. I'm all for that. And more time for Ed to do that important basketball bracket <laughs> research. <laughs> now, Gary, you didn't need any help choosing your, your new boat, did you? Oh, boy, could I have used this technology to pick that? There's so many variables, and, you know, every boat is a compromise. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I would have loved that. That should be your next one. Yeah, right. I, I'll, I'll ask the rest app. of our company if I can get the travel budget. And, and yeah, R&D. and get down there and, yeah. and give Gary a hand. <laughs> Pat Anderson, thank you so much for being with us on the show. Thanks for coming down from Lansing to talk about this. But, folks, you can go online, and if you and I will make sure that I put this online for you to be able to get to. Go to smartbracket.io, and you can get hold of the uh, bracket technology there. And for a buck, you can have some fun that way. We'll be back in just a moment, however, with Mr. Mike Brennan and the headlines from MI Tech News. It's the Internet Advisor, and at this time in our program, on a regular basis, we invite Mr. Mike Brennan to join us on the line. He is the editor of MI Tech News. It's a compendium of technology and entrepreneurial headlines from around the state and indeed sometimes often from around the nation. And Mike, thank you so much for joining us here along with somebody that is no stranger to you. That's Patrick Anderson. Yeah, I was listening earlier, so um, I knew he was uh, there and uh, and certainly he has a very good product, uh, worked out quite well and It'll help you crush your office uh, pool, right, Patrick? That, that's right, Mike. <laughs> and as we said, I think you were the first per- person we said first 1,000 that go to our web uh, website, smartbracket.io, are free. So hopefully all our Michigan fans will make use of that uh, first 1,000. <laughs> yeah, I must admit, I was at, uh, at Frazier's today watching the game, and everyone was quite excited. So, Hey, by the way, what was the result of the uh, Michigan game? I have to ask they won by, I think it was seven or eight. They beat them. Uh, so now they're in the finals on Sunday. Who will they be playing on Sunday? I think it's going to be Northwestern, but I'm not oh, sure. Okay. I, I thought at the other side. I thought Michigan, now there's a headline to follow. I thought that yeah. uh, Michigan had taken it all today with that victory, but it will be on Sunday, the uh, final, final game of that. Mike, uh, let's talk about some of the headlines that you are sporting in MI Tech News, and we can also talk on a little bit about uh, your M Squared TechCast, because mm-hmm. that involves people like Patrick, who is with us in studio here. But uh, one of the things that you pointed out in the headline you have there is that Bamboo Detroit is offering co-working space to uh, starter members for just $40 a month. Well, first of all, what's Bamboo Detroit? Well, Bamboo Detroit is a co-working space uh, in the uh, James Madison building on Washington Street in downtown Detroit, run by our friend Amanda Luan, the hardest-working millennial I know. Yes, Uh, you are right. She's only 28, and she's already a very successful entrepreneur, so kudos to Amanda. And uh, she has several hundred people working out of that space, and she's offering this basic $40 starter membership, which is you get a mailbox, uh, you know, you can come in there from time to time 
but just you know, if if you need a professional mailbox, you don't want to you know use your home address. That's mm-hmm. the starter basics. And then there's various levels that go up from there. If you want to have a desk, if you want to have an office, you know, it's yep. additional charges. You can find all that information That's at neat. bambooDetroit.com. Yep. And uh, anybody that wants to work in downtown Detroit, they're very exciting down there right now. Lots yes. of entrepreneurs, lots of activity. Parking's a little tough, but uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that's the part that, part of the price, uh, huh? But the trolley, yeah. the trolley is going to start running pretty soon, so people will be able to park a little distance away and take the trolley down there, right? Yeah, that's what she mentioned, because I brought that up, and I go, geez, because I went down to a grand opening. She had 600 people in there, Woo. and uh, I said, yeah, I probably had to park a long ways away, and she goes, well, it's kind of unusual tonight, but typically people can find street parking or there's lots of, uh, you know, ramps around there. But then she pointed out when that opens up, and again, I'm not sure what the date is. I think it's in April. Yes. Then you can park a little further away and then take the tro- the streetcar named Desire in, right? <laughs> you know, so. That's it. Hey, uh, something you posted in the, your uh, headlines there was the Michigan Treasury Department putting out a warning that we, we've talked about it in, in terms of the federal income tax, but it certainly is true in terms of state as well, that phone scams are a serious threat, generally speaking, during this tax season. Yeah, particularly, I don't want to sound offensive, but particularly the older folks who really don't understand no offense. that the Treasury Department is not going to call you and ask yep. you for your personal information, or they're not going to make threats to you, typically, I mean, if they do, they, they do make threats, but not typically on the phone. I mean, if you're behind, you'll get a letter or something. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah, so they just warn people that, uh, you know, when you get somebody that says, you have to pay right now or, gosh, you know, we're going to put you in jail or something, that's not them yep. calling. It's somebody yep. else. Yep. And they're using that uh, kind of scare tactic to make it happen. Um, basics of data integration for entrepreneurs is something that apparently is being shared. From our friends at uh, Small Business Association of Michigan, Michael Rogers interviewed Aaron Fuller, owner of Superior Data Strategies in Lansing, and and he data, well, I should say Aaron likened data to sort of a pools of water and how you transfer that pools of water. Do you want to do it one bucket at a time, or do you want to do it in a more, you know, uh, efficient way? And so we talked about things like, uh, you know, uh, different kinds of software that's available for workflow, for customer management, like CRM-type stuff, mm-hmm. financial software. Those are like the three basic ways, easiest ways a small business can manage all this data, which is crushing us right now. This stuff's pouring in, and it's hard to deal with it on a, on a daily basis. But those are three tips that they offered in this. Uh, and actually, it was a podcast. You can listen to a very good podcast, about 18 minutes long. Check it out on my website. Uh, at MITechnews.com. But I should mention, by the way, folks, that when Mike talks about uh, MITechnews.com being a resource for all of this information, it's more than just the printed page. You also get to hear a whole lot of stuff, for instance, like the podcast that Mike just talked about, and you have video now, video resources that are available through your website. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, We uh, launched that at the beginning of the year, we have an association now with Automation Alley, where a big organization in southeast Michigan, that some thousand companies or so, 
and uh, we shoot these uh, short videos, 90 seconds thereabouts. Uh, it's kind of like a video press release, but it gets a whole lot better uh, what's called search engine optimization. And all that means is that it reaches a lot more people in a lot more efficient ways because people look at video. And uh, with the new way that Google has all their, their, the way they have things set up, you can even do searches for keywords in video now. So it's gotten a lot more sophisticated. And they predict that by 2019 that 90% of the traffic moving on social media will be video. So we obviously decided to jump on board that and get involved in that. And, and so that's one more thing this old newspaper guy has learned how to do. Uh-huh. And that's uh, we're also jumping on that with uh, Gary now in Florida and online with us via Skype. And we hope, by the way, folks, in the not-too-near future, uh, not-too-distant future, pardon me, to uh, be bringing you some video resources through um, from Facebook. Facebook Live is a uh, video resource that's out there, and we're going to be working on that with Sherry Cam, who is our uh, media person and our social media person, and uh, some of the other folks uh, from a group called AC. Am I right, Patrick? ACD is ACD a, a Lansing-based internet supplier. That's right, and they are going to be helping us down here as well. And by the way, I had Patrick just help me with a little piece of information there, but I should mention that you also have a regular broadcast with M Squared TechCast that comes out on Mondays in which you interview people like Patrick. Yep. In fact, I had him on the show, what, a week or two ago, Patrick? Yeah, just just uh, a short time ago. It, it all blends together. I can't always remember exactly <laughs> when people were on, because uh, I'm, I'm drinking out of a fire hose most of the time. But yeah, we had him on there to talk about what was going on with Smart Bracket, and I uh, Logan let me uh, listen in here for about five minutes before I came on, so I heard him discussing that. But, uh, uh, yeah, and, and that's just one example. Uh, next week's show, we're going to have David Cole on there, and he's going to be talking about some really cool things going on in autos right now. And mm. David, uh, you know, as everybody knows, uh, he's one of the foremost auto experts in the world. And, yeah, we just have a lot of fun with that. Matt Roush is my co-host on that show, Matt. When you, you know, can get it, when you can get Matt in studio, forever. I was going to say when you can get Matt in studio. <laughs> yes, yes. Well, LTU, he has to. Unfortunately, he has this paid thing he has to do. So. Yeah, he's working with Lawrence Tech, and he's doing a great job there. And they are demanding a good deal of time from him. Well, Mike, hey, thank you so much for being with us. This is Mike Brennan. Mike's going to take next week off. He's Irish. He's yes, going to spend. Uh, I'm going to Big Street Fair in Grand Rapids next uh, on the 18th, which is the day after St. Patrick's Day. But I warned Foster, I didn't think it probably would be a good idea for me to be on air after. <laughs> Happy St. Patrick's Day. Take well, care. thank you. Thank you, Patrick. <laughs> All right. Take care, Mike. I guess Mike Brennan, who is the editor of MI Tech News. Simple thing. Go to MITechnews.com and uh, put your email address in there. And free for nothing, you're going to get all that information sent to you, whether it's uh, print or audio video. Patrick McMurrow, thank you so much for being with us. So glad you've come down here from Patrick Anderson, pardon me, from uh, Lansing. And uh, we'll look for Smart Brackets online. Back with your questions. You're listening to a podcast of the Internet Advisor Show. To see the show notes for this program, visit our homepage, theinternetadvisor.net. You'll discover past podcasts, our free toolkit with software to clean up your computer and keep it running strong, and many other resources. You'll also find links to MITechnews.com, our co-sponsored weekly tech and entrepreneur newsletter, edited by Mike Brennan. If you have a question for our hosts, just click the contact button on the homepage and send us an email with the details.
And don't forget to look for us on Facebook and Twitter and at Detroit's newest podcast network, podcastdetroit.com. Now let's get back to the second hour of the Internet Advisor. It's hour number two of the Internet Advisor show, and that's the time for you to give us a call. That's right. When you've got a question about your computer, about getting online, getting around when you're online, dealing with email problems, whatever it may be, we'd love to get in there and help you solve those problems. And we've been doing that for nearly 20 years now. Gary Baker is with me, and so is Ed Rudell, and we're going to be doing our very best to answer your calls at 800-859-0957. And away we go on our number two of the Internet Advisor. Hi, Foster Brown, along with Ed Rudell and Mr. Gary Baker, who is with us from Fort Lauderdale, Florida. How are you doing, Gary? Somebody has to be here. Yeah. It is spring break, however, so there, it is a little crowded. Oh. Having a lot of fun in the sun here. Oh, I'm glad you're. Gary's been I'll on be with us. Next, go ahead. I'll be back tomorrow night, just in time for the uh, all the power to go back on. Hopefully, <laughs> yeah, that's one way of dealing with the power outage. Go to Florida. <laughs> you know, speaking of which, I found the, um, the the Android application that I installed three years ago on my phone, if not four years. DTE has an app called the DTE application and with it i could report power outages which thankfully this year i did not have um so you know stop sneering at me because i know a lot of people did but i was actually able to look at the outage map um Uh and uh, find out the 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 extent of the damage which was how did that hang on when things got really bad well when it wednesday as you know when the winds came through between 11 o'clock and two o'clock that day, Wednesday, I could not access DTE's outage map, nor could I use the application to look at the outage map because they were all so overwhelmed. So a lot of people must know about either the application or the applic- or, uh, or the outage map. Well, website. I bet it was happening, too, because you were at work at that time, weren't you? Oh, yeah. A lot of people at work were wondering what's going on at home. Mm-hmm. And, for instance, you live out in an area that often is hit by power outages. Right, and, and that application almost looked like a the map they use for war games. Purple blobs, yellow blobs, red blobs, showing the thousands or hundreds of people, and it, depending on the color, I think that I had just, outages. I think I just heard in our, our last newscast... Still uh, 200,000, yeah. Yeah, it's, it was also an historic outage. That they don't think they've ever had this many people out um, before for DTE. Yeah. We've had windstorms before, but we've never one of this kind of magnitude. Right. Hey, by the way, folks, uh, we are now into our hour number two, and that's the time when we open up our phone lines for you to call in with your questions about your computer, about uh, getting around the Internet, about maybe your printer, um, you name it. The number is 800-859-0957. And we've got a producer standing by, Logan Standifer, who's our producer, is ready to uh, give you a cheerful greeting and get you on the air. And remember, folks, the only dumb question is the one you don't ask. And we found uh, last week we were back to answering questions. We love doing that kind of thing. And uh, we hope that more and more as we get into the spring, we'll be going to be able to do more of that, taking time in the second hour to answer your questions. But get back on the horse. If you've had a question that's been sticking around for a while that you've needed to have answered, give us a call at 800 Eight five nine zero nine five seven. Now, yeah, maybe we had a listener caller that asked us about uh, 
they wrote us an email about a problem they were experiencing in that, was it every time they were connecting to the internet or trying to write an email, they were basically having a problem where their, it, their computer or their email, it was unclear, was telling them that they're, they're, uh, they're, they're on an unsecure connection. Now, right. what that tells me, because it was a uh, very vague, is that if they were at home, um, that you, you may want to disconnect from your home wireless and then reconnect because you might have a man in the middle type of Wi-Fi thing happening. Um, remember, if you're using Comcast or uh, Infinity or Charter, when you connect to your home wireless, um, you should be able to have put in your secure pin um, yes. for to to connect to your home wireless. Right. At that point, you do have a secure connection. If you ever try to do a tra- uh, connect to the internet, you'll get uh, a, a little pop-up bubble on your right-hand side of your Windows 10 right. or Windows 8 or 7 computer that says you're connected to, to a non-secure or open network. Or if and, you're in a Mac, you can. I think it says, you, you go over there and it says, show me you know, the, uh, the available Wi-Fi uh, uh, connections that are up there. Right. And, and so, it'll show you everything that's available. Right. So um, that, that's really the only suggestion I can give to the user. They said they already contacted, now that I'm looking at the email, they contacted WOW, they contacted Microsoft, and, and they, each of them said that everything's all right. You know, without additional details, I'm not sure how I can help you, except for um, disconnecting your home wire, wireless network and then reconnecting it, and then download something like um, Malwarebytes, the free version, and then scan your computer for malicious software just to make sure that you're not getting some um, fake, if you will, Mm -hmm. um, notifications. Gary, where you are down in Fort Lauderdale, how are you connecting to the Internet down there? Well, I'm using cell uh, data for some of it, and I'm using the Wi-Fi here at the marina for the rest. So we've been Skyping back and forth at the breaks, and that's through the Wi-Fi at the marina. Uh, and uh, But just to make sure that I don't get kicked off, because there's a lot of users down here today, uh, I thought I'd go to the cell network. I got you. Okay. So when you went to look for that Wi-Fi network, what are some of the things that are important to keep in mind when you're looking to connect? You're out someplace that's, let's say you're on vacation like Gary is, or you're you know outside of your home turf. What are some of the important things to look for, Garrett, for you? Well, I went to the Harbor Master and got the password. Mm-hmm. So, gotcha. <laughs> uh, because so many of them, um, when they're private Wi-Fi like this, uh, you know, you do need a password. They are secure just for their guests. Um, and uh, But a lot of times, if people have Comcast, they're starting to put that mesh network in place, and I found four or five different places where I could just get on to Xfinity. Mm-hmm. And that was actually pretty decent until um, the kids woke up about midday. And then <laughs> get again. Gary, Gary's calling us from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, and it is spring break. It is, it's it the end spring of spring break. break. Well, can you tell it's spring break? <laughs> <laughs> and as you said, the kids woke up uh, when the sun passed the yard arm. <laughs> yeah, and and I think the important thing is you just don't want to assume that you're connecting to the local wireless network that's offered by either a hotel. You know, go to the front desk and ask, or go to the behind the people behind the counter and ask them which of these wireless networks is yours, because a lot of times 
it is possible that someone could set up a man-in-the-middle type of wireless network yeah. that you connect to that looks legit because it broadcasts the name of the business that you're at. And uh, But they're actually mo- they could monitor every piece of information that passes f- through them to your whatever website or transactions you're trying to uh, establish. So, and that's you know, called the man of the middle. I completely agree with that. That's why I did go to the Harbor Master and I got the the uh, Wi-Fi and the password because I wanted to be safe. That's exactly um, that. That's I'm when you're. I'm interested, Ed, in your perspective about Xfinity. I've also connected to Xfinity, hoping that their um, security is no different than at my home. So, well, we'll talk about that when we come back from our break here. By the way, folks, again, a reminder: eight hundred eight five nine zero nine five seven is the phone number. We've got lines open, and shame on you if you don't get an answer to your question. Welcome back to the Internet Advisor. Thank you very much for being with us here on WJR. And uh, our this week, we have our phone lines open for your questions at 800-859-0957. And by the way, I want to tip the hat to Mike Stekowski. Um, Stets, thanks so much for being instant in season and out of season. This gentleman has been doing a, a wonderful job of engineering for us and also doing a little producing. Uh, he has uh, been here overnight and came back again to work. So, Mike, thanks so much for all you do for us here on WJR. And if you're calling in and you don't get a, an answer right away, hang on. We'll get to you as quick as we possibly can. And uh, let's go to uh, Charles, who's with us from East Point. Charles, welcome to WJR's Internet Advisor. Thank you. I enjoy your program. Thank you. I'm trying to decide what to buy. I uh, uh, I had a 17-inch uh, uh, ga- uh, gateway, and uh, it uh, crashed, and I want to buy a new one. I, uh, QVC has one. But they have a preloaded um, program on there, the or the uh, it, Internet connection, which is a problem. I don't like that one. And uh, yeah. do you think an investment in a 17-inch laptop is a, a dinosaur or Said they said they should get a a uh, you know just a large you know the largest uh, uh, smaller computers or whatever. But uh, what would you do if you prefer a, that type of uh, so, you know that type of uh, viewing? Okay, Charles. Let me get your your let, let's get to your question again well, specifically. Well, well, the thing is the um, if it was me, I would buy a laptop. It, and I mean, you could buy a um, f- for two hundred and fifty dollars, you could buy yourself a a fifteen inch laptop. Uh, with and for a little bit more, 17 inch. Yeah, you don't see too many manufacturers out there doing that because you have, um, you know, monitors or LCD monitors are so cheap. So um, you said that you had a gateway computer for uh, quite a while, and I imagine that was a desktop. Is that correct? No, it was a laptop. Uh, oh, it was. Yeah. Oh, okay. I mean, so what do you feel like? Um, uh, I enjoy the ability of the, uh, I don't do too much movies, but uh, so for somehow I think the 17 inches, the, the clarity and uh, the uh, the viewability is a lot better. I, oh, yeah. I don't have a, but uh, uh, having a smaller one uh, kind of, I, I think I'm losing something, but I evidently it's, it's just something I got fixated on a 17 inch and no I know probably... as you get older I, I will say this as you get older we just recently uh, invested in a like a 39 inch TV and we hadn't had anything that big in a long time it's a wonderful experience to be able to see it clearly 
And as a matter of fact, at one point I said, good grief, Ginny, we can see the, you know, the, the, the texture of the skin on the face. It's, right. <laughs> in some cases, exactly. some yes. starlets are not happy with that. But <laughs> Yeah, I mean, it's really a matter of going to the store and seeing if you can live with it. Yes. And instead of trying to get it online or something, is it possible for you to visit a store and just to get a hands-on and look at the 13 inches, 15s, and 17s? There's a place that calls Micro, and they say they have everything. Is that a good The Micro choice? Center, exactly, Micro Center is a store that's on the 14 mile right at I-75, but you're also, I think you're in East Point, aren't you? Yes. There's a Best Buy in East Point. Uh, in addition to Best Buy, you've yeah. got, uh, and, and they have got a ton of computers. Well, and it's not a matter of going there to purchase it. You want to see if you can yeah. live with the interface. That's the, Ed's made probably the really important point, and Gary, I know that you've said this before too. Get out there in the store and get your hands on the computer. Get your eyes on the monitor because yeah. they can try to sell you all sorts of stuff. But once you see it, and you know, like a keyboard, how does the keyboard feel? Does it really feel good to you? Uh, you know, those are the kind of questions. Yeah, and you know what? I, I transitioned. To, uh, I picked up a 17-inch laptop just a couple days ago. And the keyboard layout on those is almost like a standard keyboard. It actually took me a little bit of time for my fingers to get used to yep. that, the larger keyboard yep. format of a 17-inch keyboard right. on a laptop. Because I, I, was, I was stumbling and, you know, yep. I was having difficulty typing, put it that way. Does that help you, Charles? Yeah, and uh, the only other thing is uh, the, the newer ones have a touch screen there. Is it worthwhile getting that? I Go ahead, Ed. Well, I would say so too. I, I would say I would. yes, because yes. especially with the Windows inner, the Windows environment, it's going to cost Windows you a couple 10. hundred bucks extra. No, it only costs about a okay, hundred dollars. No, no, it won't. In fact, it's starting to get cheaper. Yeah. Oh, really? They're here. building way more and more of them. Yeah. So, no kidding. Yeah. All right, so thank you very much. I would absolutely agree. Okay. Yeah. Now, so Gary, you have a Surface, and it's a tablet version of a Windows uh, tablet, if you will, with mm -hmm. a yep. but but and and you. You know, there's nothing like using the keyboard and the mouse, but every once in a while, I want to grab a website and I'll just touch it and, sw and sweep it up. And uh, so to, nice. ha to have that yeah. ability. I, I really like that Ginny has a, a little HP that we got over at um, a Shane Hamlin's shop yep. in, in, um, in Sterling Heights. And um, I love working with the touchscreen on that. Right. And then I'll go well, back you know, to my Mac and can't do it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And you can't. Unfortunately, Fortunately, I think, um, you know, shops like Shane's, and I, I bought the last, well, my last two for my kids, I bought them both at Best Buy because it was cheaper than buying them online. And if I ever had a problem, I could take them back. Uh, and it made, it made it really easy. They gave me a new one that immediately. Mm -hmm. um, I actually had a friend who said, can you come help me? And I said, it's pretty easy, but sure, I'll come help you. Um, and he, um, you know, he, again, we went to Best Buy, we compared online, they looked at it and said, I'll tell you what, here's another one that is a slightly better. We'll give it to you at the same price as the online price. And it's a slightly better machine. Wow. And he, he did, he got it, he got it home and it was a, it was a name brand. He got it home and he had trouble with the keyboard. He took it right back. They gave him so they actually this was a scratched one that they buffed out. So he got a, a way better machine than he could have bought online. Um, it was a scratch and dent because there was a problem with the keyboard that uh, they turned around and gave him a brand new one. 
And <laughs> Not bad. Exchanged it. And then he went and, to buy a lottery uh, ticket afterwards. Yeah. <laughs> I, I will tell you. I, I said, why can't that happen to me? <laughs> but you know, but they will take care of you. I, I, um, you can't get everything um, at Best Buy um, that's better than online pricing. But for most of us, if you can't find something like that that's acceptable. Um, and sometimes better than acceptable for the same prices online um, at Best Buy, then just go back the next week and they'll probably have it. Yeah, I, we should say that there are other major stores like uh, Walmart and Target and uh, what were we in? Um, Myers. Uh, am I right? Myers has, uh, I think, some audio video as well. You can uh, go with one of those places as well. They don't have quite the selection you will find at uh, at a Best Buy, but I or I the like... knowledgeable people. Yeah, exactly. But or the... micro micro center. I've had good luck there, and obviously good. we've all had good luck with Shane. So yep, exactly. All right, let's go to John from Wixom. John, welcome to the Internet Advisor. How can we help you? Hi guys, how are you this afternoon? Good. Uh, the um, my I get my inter uh, excuse me, my internet uh, is provided through my cable company. Yeah, and. We've contemplated changing to another company, but our issues have been with the cable company for our internet service for 14 years, and there are literally hundreds of people and organizations that have our email addresses that cable company's uh, uh, IP address. And uh, if we go to change, um, is there any structure or any way that we can uh, contact people or provide that the emails get forwarded to us? Oh, so your concern is if yeah. I change carriers, will my email be forwarded? Will, will people that I deal with know that I'm... No, no, it's this, he wants to keep the email addresses, and you have to contact your current internet no, provider. I, I don't necessarily want to keep my email address, but I want I wanted all the people that have oh, my oh. email address. Hold that thought. Yep. To, hold yeah. that thought. We'll, we'll come right back to you <laughs> after this commercial, because Foster's done this a number of times to me. Wait, we're going to be... <laughs> we'll be back with some answers for you here on the Internet Advisor. Our number again, 800-859-0957. Thanks once again so much for joining us here on the Internet Advisor. And Mike Stett, thanks so much for being with us. And also, Logan Standifer, thank you for being our uh, hostess as you answer the phone lines there. Gary Baker in Fort Lauderdale, Florida, with us on the phone line. Gary, good to have you there. Thank you. It's great to be here. And Ed well, Rudell. It's great to be here, actually. Yeah, I bet it is. <laughs> A whole lot better than it is to be here in the <laughs> merry state of Michigan. Uh, we're talking with, uh, let's see, we have uh, John with us from Wixom. John, welcome to the Internet Advisor again. Hi, guys. Okay, so you, your concern, uh, let me see if I can recap it, was that you're about to change Internet service providers. You have hundreds of people who have your email address from that provider. What happens when you switch providers and get a new email address, right? Yeah, yeah exactly, because right now we're held captive. <laughs> we're just we're afraid to move. Well, I mean, one of the things that we've done in the past is we've migrated, uh, you know, if you got like a Gmail yeah, uh, right. account, and that's then you can I've use done. that as your aggregate to suck in all the addresses. That's, yeah, that that's what I've done in the past. Okay, and then and then you would, 
uh, and then you would your current internet provider's email address would feed into it, and your future one. So for you, the 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 change would be minimal because you've your interface would be the same. But your concern is is you're probably going to blast out an email to all these people and say, "Hey, my email address may change in the near future. This is it, and you only have thirty days." You know, and but but some people may ignore that, and you may lose that contact, or they may not update their contact information a year down the road. And that's what you're concerned exactly. about. Mm. So, and, that's, and is that just the hiccup in the system or the process? It's well, just, I would... No, I mean, a lot of people go through this, and usually you could pay the internet provider to... And now, Gary, please help me with this. There is the ability for them to auto-forward uh, an email address. They ain't going to do it for free, though. It's not to their benefit to do that for free. And um, because they want to keep your business... As, yeah, yeah, and, you know, as the as their internet provider. So it's now if it, it, what you need to do is contact them and find out if it's available for for your um uh, for them to set up an auto reply message with your new email address, and then if you could pay them for that, you know, mm-hmm. and how much yeah. would that be? Is that five dollars a month for a year? You know, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. well, Gary, go ahead. Yeah, the other thing that you might try is if you're thinking about moving, get a Gmail account today. And start telling people, use a Gmail account. Yeah. And then don't get rid of Comcast. Don't yep. get rid of your uh, your cable company until you're pretty sure that you caught 90-some percent of everybody now using your new email. I know. I get teased unmercifully by Gary and Ed about the fact, and Cal, I have so many different email addresses. Part of it has been that when I have been with a different provider, instead of saying, okay, I'm going to make my email address now Foster Brown at Huawei or Comcast or whatever, and they'll offer me that free. I've simply made, you know, I have a Hotmail account, which I use for dealing with most of my, you know, junk mail kind of stuff. And there's a Gmail account that I have for, you know, more personal kind of stuff. Well, there's a Yahoo and a BizNet and a... You're right. There are those as well. But, but... Well, and Foster, and Foster, you've only given me the Hotmail account, the junk (laughs) mail account. You've never given me the Gmail one. Well, I'm, that's right. I'm holding that for very special family members. All right. All right. I know where I rate. The concept is is that um, instead of playing the Russian roulette with the, you know, the providers and the email addresses that they offer you, go to one of the free ones, and they're very good, you know, whether it's Gmail or Yahoo or... I would stay away from Yahoo because some of the problems that they're having. Yeah, or Hotmail. But, you know, most of them are taking care of the problem. So most of the online webmail uh, service providers... Um, What's nice about them is they also offer two-factor authentication, Mm -hmm. which so Mm -hmm. for most of our listeners out there, if you have not done this in a while, go to your Gmail account or your Hotmail account and then start checking into the security portion of it so that you can enable your two-factor authentication. All right, John. Those are some ideas for getting Well, thanks for the information. I've got the picture. It's sort of of what I expected. And we did set up Gmail accounts, but... uh, our, our biggest issue is like with charities and foundations. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we don't hear from them for a year. Yeah, right. And um, so right. it's, uh, and I guess it's a matter of just going back through all our records of 14 years. And Good I think group. we probably saved about 14 years. We use a lot of memory, so <laughs> matter of going back through them and finding everybody. And all right, John. Let them know we're thinking about changing. All right, okay, sir. thanks, man. Appreciate Th- the information. Thank yeah. you very yeah. much for and, being And with don't us. forget the option that you can always pay your internet provider to have an auto reply. That's a good. You know, that's a good. Point you should too. be able to do that. Try that. Check it out. It might be worth the money instead of paying a an intern 
to look through all those email addresses and contact information, find out what your internet service provider will charge you for an auto reply. Be interesting to see. I, I, I'll have to look that up online. Okay, let's go to uh, James from Detroit. Welcome to the Internet Advisor. And by the way, our number here, 800-859-0957, and lines are open. Hi, James. Hi. Is this Foster? Yes, sir, it is. Plus, I've been listening to you for years. In fact, you introduced me to Malwarebytes. And uh, oh, excellent, excellent software. Super anti-spyware that came uh, advertised on that, uh, on that uh, spot. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. What I'm really interested in is a good printer that might download uh, the software and the drives without a whole lot of uh, work. I've had about six printers in the last eight, nine years, uh-huh. and none of them lasted more than a couple of years. Yeah, yeah. Best Buy tells me that they're junk. They yeah. make them very cheaply. Uh, I don't know if it's here or China, <clears throat> but they say we don't even work on them. We simply... Yep, get- yep, that's true. Yep. If I and, and you know, if, if I can go to uh, a Best Buy or, or some of the, one of the big boxes and spend... Well, this last one I got, I went, matter of fact... Uh, a couple months ago, I went to, um, oh, shoot, where was it? Walmart. And uh, they happened to have a very good deal, 75 bucks for an HP. Well, that, I mean, <laughs> that, might, that might be the problem. I mean, you're spending $75, but you got to spend $66 to refill the ink. Oh, that yeah, yeah. Um, and then Epson comes up with, now here, Epson has come up with a solution, James, which is kind of an interesting one. Where they charge you more. It's, I think, 300 some odd dollars but it's for that. A, they, but they offer the Eco Tank. It's called the Echo Tank, yeah. And what are the. How much? You say Echo, I say Eco. <laughs> how, how much? You know, I don't know. Well, oh, it, it'll last uh, for, what was it? Uh, what are 10, they advertising? 10,000 pages? Yeah. It's huge. But it's, it is an inkjet one. Yes. So here's. Now, the printers that you're having difficulty with in the last seven years, have they been inkjet or laser? Well, I just, the last two were lasers, beautiful, oh. beautiful ink jobs. Yes. But they, I, I have to search through the Internet to, to get the software downloaded. The disks never work. Oh, After, yeah. You try them four or five times, they still don't work. They, uh, so you, you go to uh, supporters online and you finally get the software, and then after a day or so, you lose control. They don't follow your instructions at all. Oh. These were four and $500 uh, la- laser jets. Well, they, just out of curiosity, what was the manufacturing name? HP. Yeah, really? That surprises yeah. me. That yeah. surprises me. HP 477 FNW and FDN, laser jets. They don't work worth squat. Yeah. I, you know, it sounds like, James, you might need to do a, a good deal of uh, research online for reviews. Yeah. Um, oh. But the, you know, the problem is with the drivers. The drivers are yeah. always the issue. And and what Lots HP has gone money. to is a, a model where they provide universal print drivers. Universal right? print drivers. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And, and which sounds great. But because they universally support so many of their printers, like if I was to look yes. for some of my printers, I want something specific for my printer. No, that model doesn't work. The, what, they done, what they've done is created a universal print driver, and they now manufacture the printer language of all the printers to match those drivers. But, oh. you know, sometimes it just doesn't work, you know, out that, you know, the way it should. Well, um, do you think that a uh, 
$500 unit that's only, they were manufactured uh, in 2015. You'd think they'd have the latest software and the latest drivers. Yeah, you, you, you would know, think. James, I've kind of flipped this thing on his head. Rather than paying a ton of money yeah. and believing that I'm getting the best Quality. computer, probably the best printer because I paid 500 bucks for it, I am now going the opposite direction. Uh, I'm paying 75 bucks for it and thinking it maybe it's a throwaway. Uh, I mean, until they, until most, because I, I paid um, $400 for a beautiful Samsung color laser. And wouldn't uh-huh. you know it, and, and, and it was beautiful. And uh-huh. I loved it, but as soon as I had to replace those cartridges, mm. I realized how cheaply they were made and how they spewed toner, color toner all over the place mm. inside the unit. My unit was n- unusable at that point. Oh, After wow. the first year, and it was past warranty. So, and, and, but I, like you said, I loved the printer. It was easy to use. It printed. Now, I was experienced a poor design with toners, or either that or Ed Rudell is a little too aggressive pulling <laughs> cartridges out, which is entirely possible. Oh. Um, so, James, I, I, I would... Yeah, you're right. I flipped it on the head, I, and I bought myself a cheap HP exactly. printer. And I, I would just re- reverse the paradigm, James, and go for something that maybe costs less overall, but then... Well, it really depends if he's a photographer or not. Well, also, that... If you, would you really prefer you get a better... Suggest that you get a better job if it's wireless, Wi-Fi, or if it's... Uh, Hold that thought. Directory. Yeah, hang on, James. We'll come back and see if we can handle that. Welcome back. It's the Internet Advisor. And once again, thanks to Logan Stantifer, our producer, and to Mike Stett, who is our engineer, the people behind the glass who make the program possible. And uh, let's go back to uh, James, just kind of quickly. Let's go back. And you were asking a question uh, and extending your question about a printer. And I've got a couple other people I want to try to get to uh, kind of quickly as well from uh, Lynn from Ohio and Ben from Adrian. Okay. Won't hold you very much longer, Foster. Just a quick question. Would you... Would have you had better luck using a uh, Wi-Fi system, an Ethernet system, or the uh, the uh, other connection? I can't think of the proper oh, name. Oh, Bluetooth. No, not Bluetooth. USB. Uh, the USB connections. USB. Yes. Yeah. Okay, Gary. How about your thoughts? <laughs> nope. We may have lost him again. There he is. No. No, can you hear me now? Now yeah. I can hear you. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Ethernet is going to be your most reliable. It's wired. Um, however, I use wireless without a problem. Uh, yeah. You know, I do assign um, a static IP address to the printer. And we talked about that last week. Mm-hmm. That's um, mm-hmm. something that's, you know, important to do if you were to lose power uh, to the router. Uh, because it dyna- otherwise would dynamically assign those um, IP addresses and can, can potentially be a problem. Okay. I add your thoughts on that. Well, um, most manufacturers now they put a piece of uh, sniffer software included in their their software driver for the printer. As an example, every time if I had an HP and and I use the HP wizard to attach to my wireless printer, every time my computer off, it's pow- every time I power up my computer, it sniffs out to see if the printer's there, and and then it then dynamically assigns the IP address to it. So you really don't have to do dynamic. If you will, you, you don't have to statically define your printer anymore because every time you power up your computer, um, it, it, it'll find the printer, you know, and then it'll give it the address. You know, I still do that. I still statically def- um, set an IP address on mine, but that's old school. <laughs> you really don't so need to when, do that. So is this, uh, does this work on every printer then? Well, or it does on HPs. Like I have, no, no, I'm HPs, but do I, I have an older HP. Can I do this with an older HP? Well, it depends on how old. They've been doing this for about any DeskJet printer um, 
or any laser printer that if you that ca- that came wireless in the last four years, they've been doing this. I'm doing well, so one quick question, you can discuss. <laughs> yeah, yeah, James, go ahead. One quick question, you can discuss it after you hang up on uh, with with me. What do you fellows think about Fix Me Stick? Is it they sell it at Best Buy, sell it at other computer stores. Is it a uh, panacea, or is it uh, better than any other? Uh... Well, the, the Fix Me Stick, I've seen YouTube videos on it, and basically it is it is a bootable stick, which then scans your computer for viruses and malicious software. Is, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Okay. I haven't actually tried it. Um, we tried something a couple of years ago. I don't know if it was called Fix Me, but it, at the time it was very rudimentary. Yep. Um, wow. I, I, so I really don't know that much about them, unfortunately. Yeah, they well, sell them at Best Buy, sell them at other computer places, and I just wondered how. Well, Jim, you know what? I'm gonna I'll, I'll make a point of looking through it. I'll yep. look for some reviews yeah. on it and see if we can get. Yeah. some Yeah, because what I use is the Microsoft uh, Windows uh, bootable flash drive, you know, whether for the installation, and, and I tell it to repair my computer. Yep, and that's okay. ex- essentially what you're doing. James, thanks so much again for being with us. All right, let's go to uh, Lynn, who was with us from Ohio. Lynn, thanks for your patience, and welcome to the Internet Advisor. How can we help you? Well, I'd just like to ask some, uh, a few questions about Windows 10. Is uh, What about their passwords? Does Windows 10 have administrator and standard accounts and put a separate password on each one? Yes, if you wanted to, yes. You can, uh, okay. on my computer, uh, when it came up, I logged in and it gave me uh, uh, elevated privileges and I log into my Microsoft Outlook account, if you will. So it's the same email address, the same username and password that I used to log onto my PC is the same as my Outlook. And, uh, and then I made sure that I also enabled an administrator of account on there and, and set a password for it as well. Oh, as well? Well, yeah, I mean, by default, so I, so I knew I had an administrator account. By default, I don't believe it actually had the administrative account on there. Oh, really? Yeah. I thought the initially But that was, was a year default. and a half ago okay. or, or more. It's been a while. But that's a great question. Is that what you were um, pretty much asking? Uh, yes, I, I have a 107 right about now. It's home premium, and I'm thinking about eventually, I'll probably have to eventually go to Windows 10. And mm-hmm. also, what is your opinion on using a VPN on uh, wireless Wi-Fi networks? Uh, that's fine. I use VPN all the time for work. And then, you know, and I haven't brought this up, but yeah, you could subscribe to VPN. Mm-hmm. Um, on your home network, so any any network traffic you're 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 doing, it's encrypted between your PC and the and the VPN servers that you're subscribing to, or the free ones if you're getting a free VPN server, so that you know that all the data was is um, it's like a tunnel. It's a tunnel, and it's encrypted, and no one can actually breach that information. Once it's once it's on the other side of that VPN server, though, um, you know it's no holds bar at that point. Mm-hmm. But, you know. Um, between you and the VPN yeah, server, you and the wireless and your the home wireless servers, and anywhere on the internet, it's encrypted. And I was going to mention this is Opera, which is a web browser. Most people that we we haven't heard that much from recently, but yeah. six months ago or four months ago, they released a new version of Opera, which by you can enable VPN oh. by default. So oh. they they give you VPN. So any site that you travel to, if you use the Opera server, it's encrypted from your PC to the um, through Opera to the server on the far end. Wow. And so I've experimented with I don't use it that much. You use it, I would imagine, in business situations, right? Well, anytime I need to access my corporate network, in order for me to connect to my, my, uh, my work network, yes, I have to activate the VPN. Gary, is that how you use it as well? Uh, uh, no, I just, I just use a VPN. It's a hotspot shield. 
Hotspot Shield? Yes. And that is the VPN software you're using? Yes, I'm using the Elite Edition. It's a paid edition. Yeah, I'm not, fam- I'm not familiar with that. So, But it's a, it's a paid VPN. That's the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, well, you got a free version. It'll bug you with that, but they got a, the paid version, too. Mm-hmm. And, and mm-hmm. you can get multiple countries you can go through, not just the United States. Mm-hmm. Correct. Mm-hmm. Right. So mm-hmm. a lot of people do that. Like yes. I caught my daughter doing that when she wanted to watch <laughs> BB, uh, B, what, the BBC. BBC. There yeah. was some television. And this was years ago when you it wasn't as easy to to watch BBC on the internet as it is now. But in order for her to do that, she had to find a VPN server that was in Great Britain, and then she could actually watch yes. stream the BBC programs yeah. that she wanted to watch. Right. Because yeah. if we tried that in the United States. It says, I'm sorry, you're not in our country. We're not going to stream BBC to you, <laughs> you know. Yeah. So um, the, the reverse of that is used by a lot of foreign countries as well to yes. get into, you know, like Netflix and uh, Amazon Correct. and things like that in the United States. Okay, Maya, Lynn, Lynn, is that uh, what yeah, you were asking yeah. for? Okay, sir. Thank you so much for giving us a call. Right. Let's go to, uh, let's see, hey, Ben is with us here. Hi, Ben from Adrian. How are you doing? I'm doing fine. How about you, Foster? Very well, my friend. This is Gentleman Ben the Farmer. How are you? <laughs> I'm doing good. What can I we do for you? I want to comment on that uh, fellow that was wondering about changing ISPs. Oh, yes. <clears throat> when I'd done it, my old ISP allowed me to uh, have a paid email address for however long I wanted to do it. And I use a, oh, a client on my computer so I could have more than one email address to uh contact and I left that one on there until I quit getting messages from it and was getting most of the messages on the new email address uh, oh, you know that's a great point very so instead of having there. it so that it automatically sends the person a message you're actually just paid for the email not the internet service and you pay to it until uh, you stop receiving email that's a great solution yeah and some of the people that's on your uh, address book you uh haven't contacted or they haven't contacted you in a long time so it doesn't make any difference if someone would get lost <laughs> that's a great point time to weed them out ben we gotta run thank you so much for being with us though okay take care that's uh, ben from adrian appreciate his being with us um uh doug hang on a second we'll be with you i'm gonna take you afterwards on the uh, call uh, when we finish the program and i want to thank gary baker down in fort lauderdale for being with us gary thanks so much My pleasure. I'll be back in the studio next week. Look for you then, Ed. Look for you back here next week as well. You've been listening to the Internet Advisor Show, Detroit's longest-running, locally-produced computer show, with Foster Brown, Gary Baker, and our team of experts. For more information about our weekly show, to ask a question of our experts, or find the show notes for this podcast, visit internetadvisor.net. And look for us on Facebook and Twitter. Don't forget to check the other great podcasts available on this podcastdetroit.com network. Thank you for listening.